Yo, what is going on, everyone? Hmm. Welcome back to Spread of the News. This is episode nine of Spread of the News. It's nine. It's nine, right? It is nine. Yeah. So crazy. Nine weeks of us doing Spread of the News. Really weird. Um, I am your host, Chase, and we are here with Brian. Well, I was just fighting off a sneeze there, but uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, Yankees have 25 wins. They're the best team in baseball. I think we're a good luck charm because this is the best start I can remember. But And we are here with Danny. Yes, smiles all around because the boys are bopping. Shout out Dave Parker. We miss you, Luke, Luke Voigt. Let's go, Yanks. <laughs> um, as you can tell, we are not together. We are still virtual. Brian and Danny have two different settings that they're in. Um, we are all home, but we are, we are working on trying to do in-person podcasting, but it's, we haven't quite figured it out yet, (laughs) but we're trying. So that should be coming soon. Hopefully, um, actual Brian's, well, no, 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 mind. Anyways, um, boys, let's, let's talk some Yankees. Uh, we're going to start, um, with the Yankee of the week first this week. So Danny, who's your Yankee of the week? What do you got? Uh, I mean, I was going to say one guy because you guys know I could talk about Clay Holmes for hours and hours, but I'm going to go someone different this week, and we are going to go Nasty Nestor Cortez. This guy is amazing. He is not only like a guy that the Yankees picked up and he's been all right for. He is among the best pitchers in the league. He has the best ERA in the league right now, in the American League at the moment. But he is amazing. Let's start off. He started on Monday, the first game of this week since the last time we talked. And um, you just messed me up. Is it, is it good? Well, let's just clarify quickly. Danny's having a little bit of audio issues, <laughs> audio issues today. So if you're hearing some fuzziness in the background, that's what you're hearing. And we're is giving it, him... Do you hear it right now? No, it's fine right now. But we're giving him right. th- thumbs down every time that it no, happens. I got it. I got it. He's good. Anyway, yeah. Nestor Cortez on Monday, May 9th, he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. I'm a little surprised Boone left him out there to try to complete the no-hitter because it was a 0-0 game at the time or a one nothing game at the time. And... You see around Major League Baseball that even if a guy has a no-hitter, they're going to get taken out depending on pitch count. He was up there. He ended up finishing with 103 pitches. But as soon as he let up that hit, Boone took him out, which is good, obviously. And that game was a little weird. Like, we needed that from Nestor Cortez because the offense just could not hit that game. It felt like, you know, we were coming off the three days rest still, as we talked about last week. And the offense just couldn't get going. We ended up – Rizzo ended up driving in Judge – and Judge scored from first. He was hustling on that. Love to see the hustle on these guys this year. But, yeah, we needed an outing from Nestor. The offense scored one run, and that was enough for Nestor to get the win. And, well, not the win, to get the Yankees the win. But Nestor took a no-hitter into the eighth and still did not get a W. A little Jordan Montgomery-esque. But, you know, we'd love to see that from Nestor. And then again today, he's going up against Michael Kopech who the Yankees could not hit at all again. We had three runs in the second inning on walks and wild pitch. We had one hit with three runs throughout the majority of the game until the ninth inning when Joe Gallo. But anyway, today, Nestor Cortez, eight innings pitched, one earned run, three hits, seven strikeouts. He had 11 strikeouts in that Monday game. I didn't mention that. But again, he, he was scoreless. He had scoreless going into the eighth. Again, Boone left him out there because... 
your best pitcher, you're going to leave out there for the eighth. Like we saw in the beginning of the season, Nestor was capped at like five innings, maybe six. But now like we're really seeing the potential and how good this guy really is. He could pitch through the eighth inning and he let up a run there in the eighth and, but whatever one run, you're allowed to have let up one run in eight innings, but um, huge, just huge carrying the Yankees on his backs for two games this week. That got it. Nestor Cortez won us two games because the offense wasn't, wasn't that good in either of those starts. But anyone else have anything to say about daddy Nestor? I was going to say, going back to the Monday game against the Rangers, like you were saying, the offense struggled to hit John Gray somehow, who is awful. But, um, yeah, another thing that came up, I want to say the Yes Network showed the graphic of the top five pitchers in the American League this year with the least amount of run support, and the Yankees have two of the top five, and Nestor is five, and Montgomery is fourth. So a little alarming that we can't get the runs for these guys, but like you said, we can hand, like single-handedly, Nestor picked up two wins for us this week, especially – with the dominance in that game and today. Uh, I don't really know what else can be said about him. I, I say that every week about him because I'm out of words for Nestor. Um, if our YouTube viewers can see my my newly picked up nasty Nestor shirt. Um, so <laughs> I'm loving the ride. So let's just keep this going. Because as you said, like, and me and Chase talked about this a little today, like he is the Cy Young, like right now. And it's not early enough where we're like, oh, wow, it's only a couple starts. Like, like everyone's pitched and like he's been the best. And I don't know how, but he has been. Yeah. I mean, there were seven games. He's the best pitcher in the American League. I mean, if you said that, remember two years ago when Nestor Cortez, or two, three years ago when Nestor Cortez was first on the Yankees and he was god awful? He had an ERA in the fives and then we let him go. He went to Seattle. Remember how mad we were when we signed Nestor back? We were yeah. like, why the fuck are we signing this guy back? He's awful. And look at, look at what happened. I think I remember sending you guys a text um, saying, like, man, we can't ever cut like old ties. Like, we can't ever get rid of, like, we always keep bringing back the same assholes um but man Nestor just to elaborate a little bit on Nestor um I've been thinking about this for a few weeks now I almost feel like every time he makes a start I'm waiting for him to implode and have a bad start and like I'm like I'm waiting for that game where he you know gets blown up where he has four and five or and maybe even six who knows but it's just it's not happening and it's it's every single time he goes out there he's dominant and like Brian said, there's really not much more we can, I feel like every week we're talking about Nestor saying, you know, nothing but good things about him, but there's not much more for me to even say, because I'm every week I say I'm at a loss for words and I'm still at a loss for words. And I'm, I'm, like I said before, like I'm always waiting for that bad start, but it's not happening. And I think, I think this is it boys. I think, I think Nestor is the real deal. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm convinced. And this, this right now, definitely the real deal. Like this is, this start to the season is a surprise to many people. But like Boone said today, like, why is it a surprise? He showed he could be this dominant last year, but nobody, you hear Nestor Cortez, you don't think, oh, that's an ace. That's a high end of the rotation kind of guy. And even we were a little doubtful on it coming into the season, but he's proved everybody wrong. He's proved that he could be a top of the rotation starting pitcher. And like we said, like, like you said, he's been mostly dominant. There have been a couple starts this year that we've talked about where he didn't look as sharp, but he still exits the game with a good outing. Cause that's just what ACE pitchers do. Chase, I t- was going to say before that I completely agree with you, like where I'm almost waiting for Nestor to get hit around a little bit and it has not happened. And now he's almost converting me. Like now I go out there when he goes out there, I expect him to just give us like, six or seven like with no runs and it's crazy that you even think and expect that from him and one thing i did want to say about nestor is that recent like interview 
this week that like I loved when he was I think he was asked about like just like his journey so far and whatever and he was saying how like baseball is all he knows how to do and he's not really good at anything else so like mm-hmm. although he's picked so late like he's just gonna ride this out as long as he can and like help the team and like like I'm in love with Nestor Cortez like how could you not love this guy <laughs> he's the most likable player most easily to root for a player in all of baseball and he helps us out so much like he's not even just one of those mean Yankees like oh we love him because we love him but like he's so good too he's the uh, I, I want to know if he's one of those pitchers where around the league everyone's like who the hell is this guy you know not even just fans, like the players. Like, do you think like the players are? Uh, they have to know, right? Because they have to like that's a part of their job, right? The scouting, their own little yeah, scouting. Michael Kay, I think, was saying in the in the Monday game against Texas, where I, I think it was him and maybe on the call, if I remember correctly. But he was like, Cameron, don't you think these hitters after like every start after every start, they're like, how can we not hit this guy, Nestor Cortez? <laughs> yeah, like, they probably th- do think that way because uh, honestly, I don't know how they don't either, but they don't. And it because used to be his, like last year was a lot of him changing up timing and changing up his rhythm and, you know, getting the high leg kick and holding it there. He hasn't really done that much this year because now he just has the stuff. He has the stuff to get guys out. He doesn't need to rely on those little tricks, those little antics to throw hitters timings off. It's just his stuff is that good. You can't hit him. He doesn't throw hard. He just hits his spots and like, like yeah, I would be like, how the fuck are we not hitting this guy? There's but, nothing more awesome than when a pitcher hits a corner for a strike three call. It's like oh. one of my favorite things to watch a, watch a player or a pitcher, I should say, paint a corner. It's so satisfying. And Nestor, I feel like, does it at least three or four times a game through like, you know, his X amount of strikeouts that he gets per game. But there's, I'm at a loss for words for Nestor. Uh, I feel like, I feel like as this podcast goes on throughout the next couple months and you know, obviously beyond, I feel like we're gonna just keep talking highly of him because he literally is he's I look, I love Garrett Cole. I think he has a legitimate chance at being our being an American league Cy Young this year, but Nestor is in that conversation and Nestor has been better than Garrett Cole this year, the $324 million man. So it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's like, you don't see this. Like we'll after Nestor is like done with the Yankees, you probably won't see another thing like this for another, like, I don't even know how many years it'll be a long time. It's See, almost but, reminiscent of Lynn Sanity. Like, honestly, like, when yeah. you said that. See, bit. but, like, if Nestor could pick this up, like, you're saying when he's done with the Yankees, he's 27 years old right now. He could be, realistically, he could be on the Yankees for uh, and many more years. On, on Instagram the other day, on Instagram the other day, he said, I want to be a Yankee for life. So, so that's, so what you're saying, we're going to have the Cy Young for 10 straight years till he's 37? Look, man, I, like I said, like, I'm still waiting for that bad start. And, like, I almost feel like Everybody it's inevitable, is. but, like, I don't know, man. Like he is like he legitimately has a chance to win the Cy Young Award. It's it's insane what I'm watching. It really is. You know, you know when it comes time, even if if he still has these numbers, he's gonna get snubbed somehow. They're gonna find some way to put a guy yeah. above him, even if he has bet. Like they did it to Judge in 2017. The writers just they won't give it to him. They will. I think he's likable enough. And I don't know. He's still not. Yeah, but he's still not known around the league as like an ace. People still think of him as like that meme player who like is fun. He is a nobody. Meme. Like, but yeah, a good but, meme. A good yeah, meme. Yeah, but no, so like good. he used to be like he used to be like, oh, he's fun to watch and he's like a meme, but nobody really knows. Like nobody around baseball, I know all Yankee fans do, but not many people around baseball really know how good this guy really is. It's insane. I think the MLB, the MLB is trying to really promote him. Like on they TikTok, are. they had that that little like question and answer with him. Like the MLB knows they have like a gem, like like with Nestor, and they want to promote as much as they can. And another thing I did want to say before we got Nestor, when Danny I know. I love that. I want to see him if we go, but yeah. um, another thing, because you were mentioning like how his stuff's good this year. And I really think that 
we got to give a little nod to Matt, Matt Blake because yes. the whole staff, and I think I think he probably has a lot to do with Nestor being so good this year. The whole staff has been, and the bullpen, yeah, with like a couple exceptions. And I really think that Matt Blake uh, deserves a lot of credit for that because, again, mm-hmm. when they hired him, we were like, who's this guy? He's a college guy because he was from Michigan. But uh, he's c- converted this staff into a like powerhouse, like monster. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're a, I mean – top pitching staff in the league right now. And we didn't expect that. Like that's never been the Yankees MO. Like we're supposed to be hitting mm-hmm. home runs and scoring a lot of runs and giving up a good amount of runs. But this is completely flipped from what we're used to. And it's awesome to see. I love seeing it. I love seeing a pitcher's duel and, and then we score our runs by, by uh, stringing hits together and manufacturing runs, not just relying on a couple home runs. Yeah. It's insane. We won't see anything like this again for a long time um i said it in one of our first few episodes nestor is going to get paid if he keeps playing like this the yankees will have to pay him and who knows maybe he'll walk because maybe they won't want to pay him um they have a lot of guys they have to pay um but it's 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 truly something to really i I love breaking it down because he's such a fun player and he's so likable um not only as a yankee fan but i feel like around the league I feel like he would be likable as a Yankee because obviously everybody hates the Yankees, but yeah, love it. Let's uh, let's go to our next Yankee of the week. Brian, do you want to take the floor here or do you want me to take the floor? You go first. You go. All right. So I have a dual kind of Yankee of the week this week. Um, I, I, it's hard. It's difficult to decide between the two because they've both been absolutely mashing the ball. Video game numbers, video game numbers. Um, Danny, would you mind while I'm talking, pulling up the, the, do you, did you see that or Brian? Did you, did I got it. I got it. I got it, I okay, got it right cool. here. Don't worry. I had it right. I was the dual right graphic. Right. Okay. Perfect. Um, look, man, John Carlos Stanton and Aaron judge. Yeah. That's the exact graphic that I was talking about. John Carlos Stanton and Aaron judge. It's, it's, I don't like, this is the best they played together. I think throughout the course of them being together oh, on yeah. the Yankees, um, just to give you some perspective, John Carlo over his last seven games is hitting 393 with five home runs, 14 RBIs, with a 433 on base percentage and a 964 slug. That is stupid. Yeah. Stupid numbers. So and Even his last 15. On the other hand, on the other hand, over Judge's last seven games, Judge is hitting uh 346 average, three home runs, eight RBIs, five walks. 692 slug and a 438 on base percentage. They are both. I, I can't even say that like you would think they're carrying the offense, but they're not. They're not carrying the offense because the offense is insane. Actually, well, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. They're not really <laughs> insane right now, but Judge and Stanton are are just. Uh, it's it's amazing what I'm seeing, and if they can keep it up, obviously Judge is an MVP candidate right now. Um, if Stanton keeps it up, who knows? Maybe you can see him get some votes. Um, as a DH, it would be difficult, but he could definitely get some votes in there. And um, I'll let you guys get your thoughts in. And I I do want to talk about the Aaron Judge walk-off home run against the Blue Jays, but you guys can get your thoughts in. See, like, you're just capping them at seven games. Even their numbers, like, through 15 games, the last two weeks. The whole been, season, their numbers not, are crazy. I mean, the, the whole season, their numbers are obviously crazy. Stan went through that little slump in the beginning of the year, but he's so back, like Stan, we said. Stan literally turned his season around over, like, like 
10, 15 games. Yes. Like, and he does that I mean, often. I just feel like he goes on such such streaks, but like his hot streaks are not normal hot streaks. They're you can't get him out. Streaks. Like, I, I was gonna say, like I feel like Danny, you got it after the sense, but like they're both seeing a beach ball up there right now. To like it, they, mm-hmm. you, every time like you you get up, I expect a big hit and I have got what I expected the whole time. Like yeah, and you love about- you love when you're hot, you're hot, and everything's going to fall. Like, John Carlos Stanton, the broken bat, game-tying single yesterday. Like, everything's falling for them. They're just – they're swinging the bat so well. Like, over his last 15, John Carlos hitting 345. I know you said his last seven, but over his last 15, he's hitting 345. Like, and I love how you did that. Com- they did them combined because, you know, everybody around baseball – all dummies around baseball say judge and Stanton are the same exact person. They just strike out and hit home runs, which we both, we all know so not true. We all know that neither of them are that guy that just strikes out. So not true. But what I wanted to talk about judge to stray a little bit from his play. I want to talk about his attitude. So <laughs> you guys know judge was never the one to cause or to want trouble. Like he's always going to be a civil, nice guy. You would never t- rarely see him arguing with the umpire on Monday. Judge and DJ LeMahieu were arguing with that umpire because he was bad. But with, uh, as an umpire, first off, as an umpire, if DJ, if you're getting reactions out of DJ and Judge, you know you're doing something wrong. Anyway, Tuesday, Giancarlo Stanton hits the game-tying three-run homer. The next at-bat, Josh Donaldson gets hit. And you, it flashes to Judge in the dugout. He's about to climb up and go charge at Yumi Garcia. He's, he's literally ready to fight. And I love seeing that from Judge. It's that fuck-you personality. And... Really, I love – you can't – oh, that's what we wanted through this season, though. And, the, of course, the guy that said we need that fuck you is the only guy without fuck you, and that's Aaron Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, just seeing that attitude change. They're just playing with this swagger, this intensity, this tenacity that is just unseen. Are- like, we haven't seen this from them ever, really. And I credit it a little bit – I credit a lot of it maybe even to Josh Donaldson. He is definitely that guy. He's been fighting all week. They are a completely different team from the years that they've than from the teams that they've been in years past. Years past, it's always been hot streak, streaky, freezing cold, then another hot streak, and then it was just like kind of like that endless cycle. And there was it was always be like you know all this team's lifeless. I remember last year there were many moments where the team was extremely lifeless, and it was like yeah. what like what are we doing? What are we throwing out there right now? And it's just like. This year, the team seems so rallied together. And like, this was a couple weeks ago, but like on Judge's birthday, like they all went out on like after a game, they all went um, to, uh, to party on Judge's birthday. And I think Donaldson handed Judge the cake. And it's just, it just goes to show, like, obviously, Danny, to your point, that Donaldson is like the catalyst behind, you know, their attitude. But I just think it goes to show, like, when a team is this close and with how good they've been playing, it's really, it's going to be really difficult to stop them, especially with obviously how good the pitching has been. So that's a big thing. They like each other. Yeah. They're, they're friends. That's- yeah. Donaldson, Donaldson's a party hat guy. He was wearing one of those little party hats. At, yeah. uh, at <laughs> yeah. birthday. And that's, that's what I was going to say too about like, and I do think this team is built like that. And this team has an edge that we've never, we've never seen them have like in this era of Yankees baseball, like, which I guess we call the Boone era, but they have it. And he himself has it. And I, we, like he's grown on me as well. Boone, like, but you Boone has had a good season. Boone yeah. has had a good season, but yet again, it's kind of tough not to when the, everybody is firing on all cylinders like they are right now. But I don't yeah. want to interrupt really quick. I don't want to interrupt you, Brian, and then I'll let you keep going. But shout out to Aaron Boone because we gave him a lot of heat in the offseason. He's done nothing but good this year. I think he's made all the right moves. Um, Except for Chapman. 
except for Chapman last night, I would have left Clay Holmes in, but you got to make mistakes sometime. Right. And yeah. you know, I, I, um, I think Boone is having, putting, putting together a really good year. And I think he's, I think a lot of his, um, you know, managerial antics that he's had throughout the year shouldn't go unnoticed, but sorry, Brian, continue. You're talking about, no, Boone. I could even go off that. Like he, uh, nobody's been harder on Aaron Boone than me and maybe the three of us, but like, he really has impressed me this year. We always knew he had that kind of chip on his shoulder, like, and the arguments are great and all that. Um, but like, you know, even he's brought that to the edge of the team. You even see like my new favorite video or, or gif out there. You see Higgy with the fucking bitch from the dugout, fucking from, the, bitch. from the dugout to Garcia. So like, so like this team is just, I love them. They're just, they're just fun. They have the edge. They're fun. They win. And another thing I, I meant to say, like how it's, how this team feels different this year is how like, Oh, what somebody said, which one of you said lifeless was it chase me. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, Dan were having a conversation about this the other day where a lot of times in the past few years when they're down late or even when they're down early, like I'm like, I don't even want to watch this. They're going to roll over and die. But now every time they're down, I expect them to come back and they do. And yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that too. Like there's never a t- like, it doesn't matter how many runs they're down. I'm not ruling out this Yankees team until that final out is made. Well, that's a great segue right there, Brian, into let's talk about the Aaron Judge walk-off really quick. Yeah. Before we get into your player of the so week. hype. Aaron Judge hit a walk-off behemoth. Walk-off uh, home run. Um, does anyone have the distance on that? 450. 450. Was it 450 on the dot? I believe so, yes. So he pulled the ball, pulled the ball 450 to left field. Um, and the ball was not carrying that night either. Like the no, wind wasn't, wasn't doing any favors Mm-mm. that and night. F- finally, Judge's first walk off walk off home run of his career and we've been waiting for this for so many years uh there's always been that narrative that judge is not clutch which is just not true um judge is extremely clutch um i think in his first few years he wasn't clutch but obviously the last couple of years he's it was really really, just really his first year i think um but that was definitely like one of I think, no, not one of my, that is my favorite moment of this season so far. And there's been a lot of amazing moments this season. Um, so that goes to show how hype it really was. They rallied late in the ninth inning. Um, um, I don't remember the rally off the top of my head. Does anyone remember the rally? Trevino walked. Trevino walked. Did, did, was it, did IKF get on or no? No, no. right? Trevino no. walked. And I think DJ walked. DJ walked as well. DJ did walk. And DJ then- walked as well. So Romano was a little... Um, yeah, Brian, Brian was saying in the group chat, he kept wild. saying like Romano doesn't have that, uh, doesn't have that, uh, what was it? His slider. He did not have a slider he all night. I was, texting guys, I was texting guys pitch by pitch and everyone's getting annoyed with me, but I could just tell that he, he, like, he did not have the slider and he was nervous to throw judge a fastball. So I kept saying like, if he leaves that fat, uh, if he leaves that slider up there, like judge is going to kill it. And he did. It's exactly what he did. He left it right up there and judge did not miss it. And it was yeah, and one at bat from Judge fouling pitches off. Like that's another thing you see from Judge. Great at bats. Like yeah. he's not just you know rolling over, striking out right away. But he was fouling pitches off. He was fouling that slider off. He did throw a couple good sliders. Judge fouled it off. That fastball. I think in the third pitch of the at bat, he threw him a fastball, and Judge fouled it back. And that really switched the uh, like that flipped the at bat. I know people were talking about that, but then he saw the fastball too. He saw both pitches, so now he's ready for anything. And when you hang that slider at the top of the zone for one of, if not the best power hitter in the game, and it, it, that's not coming back. Don't expect to see that ball ever again. We even saw a little bit of a gritty judge. Yeah, gritty judge did. a little bit. Like a little, not going to ask Danny to do his gritty showing. again. It looked, see, like 
it looked like he was like an old man trying to be hip with the young dances. <laughs> but you know, that's almost what it was because Judge has been so mild mannered his whole career, but now he's fun and he's like, Yes, he's awesome. like, this is the attitude. Thank you, Josh Donaldson. Mm-hmm. Thank but, you. We'll talk about that. What some Josh Donaldson has had a couple incidents this week alone that has stirred some controversy and almost started a couple fights, but we'll talk about that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Yankees uh, swept the Blue Jays in that two-game set. Um, awesome walk-off. Brian, let's go into your Yankee of the Week. Who's it going to be? Oh, boys, this is a great day. This is a great day yeah. because my Yankee of the Week is finally Joseph Gallo. And wow. Awesome. Go away! Listen, and hang on. Let, know, let's give it. Let's you know what? Let's give a round of applause for Joe Gallo really quick. He deserves it. Let's he's give good. Joe Gallo a round of applause. He's a good baseball player. Get he's off his pal Joey. He's pal Joey. Okay, so a lot of people might still think that Gallo sucks, and while you do think that, you're an idiot and you're wrong. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> um, he is actually starting to put it together, and he has put it together. And this is so awesome to see him kind of um, figure it out a little bit. And I have a bunch of stats I'm going to throw out there. But first, I just wanted to say, like, you guys know I love Joey Gallo. But that that doesn't mean that I think he's, like, this great all-star caliber player. I just love him. And I'll tell you why. And and you guys, I know you guys all agree, is that he really does play his ass off out there every night. Yeah. And that's that's something that we haven't seen from certain guys, not to, uh, you know, not to name names, you bald fuck number 31, but (laughs) there are, um, he really does play his heart out every night and you love to see it. But what I did want to say about Gallo is he, this is like, and we, I know Chase, you've been person like, what does he bring to the team? Like at his worst and what he's supposed to bring to the team. He is now doing, he's been playing his defense. He had that great diving catch the other day. So he's, he's been playing well in the field. But now he's finally starting to get on base more and draw those walks. And, and his home runs have, are starting to come. So first preface this by winning, because we're going to get a little analytical here in this long Joey Gallo model. Let's hear it. But the, probably it. the most important analytical stat, it, like when the university agreed, is WRC plus, which is weighted runs created plus. And by our friend on Twitter, Ryan Garcia defines it as a stat that uses a player's weighted runs above average, all encompassing offensive stat and compares it to the league and park averages to create a scale. So hundred is league average. And if you were at 105, you're 5% better than league average, basically. So Joey Gallo since April 23rd has a 193 weighted runs created plus. <laughs> so this guy is good. Whether you whether you like believe it or not, and another another good stat I had too was from another uh, Twitter guy, Joe Randazzo. Um, he has been good for the Yankees longer than he struggled. So his first 39 plate appearances, he was slashing 121, 256, 199, and 28 WRC plus. That's abysmal. That's like unbelievably bad. <laughs> but since his last his last 57, 255, 333, 510, and 152 WRC plus. So he has been good. That's a and really good. Wasn't for Joey that Gallo. wasn't that before? Wasn't that uh, before? This yesterday's week, game yeah yesterday's game so huge that's not yeah. including these last two games of the weekend like that doesn't include his home run right wasn't that stat does, put yeah, out does that include because he homered today does that include today's home run no wasn't that no, stat no, put is, out yeah, a couple days a ago point. no this is two days ago this is two days ago yeah yeah so that doesn't even include so, the last two nights which goes to show yeah, that I he's have, playing I, even better than that yeah i'm gonna like i just did analytical stuff i was gonna bring up his like the traditional stats for people that want to hear that so his last, um, 
his last 15 games, which I feel like people are going to hear this and be like, no way, but this is really true. He's gotten so much hate, but over the last 15 games, he's hitting 268 Mm -hmm. with an on-base percentage of 388, slugging 634, and he has five homers in that span. He has five on the year, so he's heating up now. He's got five homers. over a 1,000 OPS, too. Yes, it is. And if you even want to condense it smaller over this last week, over the last seven games, and I'm not sure if this even this probably doesn't even include today yet, where he homered and had an, and walked and had another good game. Uh, he had he's hitting 300, 462 on base, 600 slugging, and two homers in the last seven. So he's not going to do this the whole year because this is the best he's been maybe in his whole career, and people don't realize it. But I'm so happy I could get to talk about Gallo in a positive light because although he has been awful for a long time, I think he's really starting to figure it out, and I'm so happy to see it. Yeah, I, I feel like when when Gallo is playing well, and I think that, the, like you mentioned, Brian, I think that this is the player that the Yankees expected when they traded for him, um, the way that he's been playing over the last X amount of games. I think this is what they expected, and I think that he's that he's finally coming into that a little bit. Um, I think it's really easy to root for him, like you said, because he plays really hard. Um, it was really easy to root against him. Like, obviously, I was a very big Joey Gallo hater for a long time um but he's turning my head because seeing what like Aaron Hicks has done in the in the field not even just at the plate in the field it makes me appreciate Gallo a lot more because Gallo really does play his heart out out there and he's laying out he's running after balls you know getting after it and I really started to appreciate Joe Gallo a little more I think you guys can probably back me up with some of my texts in the group chat um but it's it's been great to watch, and I think with Gallo heating up, I think it just makes the Yankees lineup even a lot way more threatening than it already is. Yeah, and um, I think we could credit a lot of Joey Gallo's recent success to me because when I his first game back from injury, when I called his home run and he hit that home run, he's been uh, he that's he's been awesome ever since then. But I think what I said towards the beginning, why Joey Gallo wasn't hitting as well as you know, we wanted him to, or we expected him to is because that approach he had where everybody is telling him just beat the shift. Then like prove you could beat the shift. Like don't bitch about it, beat it. So he was trying, he was literally, he was trying to go the other way. You saw his lone hits on the season went were singles the other way, like single ground balls the other way. Yeah. But now he's really, it really looks like he's going back to his approach. He's forgotten about that. He's like, all right, I'm going to trust myself, trust my skill set. It's worked for me thus far. I've been an MVP candidate at some points in my career so I'm going to, he had no, before he got traded to the Yankees last year, even the first half of the season, he was, he was up there. Anyway, he, he said like, I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to go back to my approach. And obviously it seems to be working. Which is great. And he's not, he's like, Brian said, he's not going to like, I love it that Brian said this. Cause he's not going to, you know, be this guy for the rest of the season. Like he will, you know, have some low moments because that's just the player that he is. But it's just, you know, it's great to see that he's playing better and we're here for it. And let's do it. <laughs> let's How do it, Joey, Joey Gallo. Uh, you could really, and another thing is like, you could really tell when guys really do want to be good and like it really bothers them when they're not. And he's one of those guys. So like, I'm just like, he's been, a, I don't want to say he's been a bad Yankee, but he's been hated by the fans for a while. And I always, you know, had like a soft spot for him and still do. Where like, just because like, you know, you could really see that he, he wants to be good. Like as I said before, like he really does like other guys. you Cause people want to be bad. And I, 
but like some people don't really care like i feel like like hicks goes back to doug i was like whatever like i'm getting paid like he doesn't do that like gallo it really affects him and so i just always find myself like really really rooting for gallo to do well and i almost i'm like i feel bad when he makes outs and gets upset like i do so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel bad um I do. Uh, so I'm really excited. Like, there was there was a point in time where I really started to feel bad for Joey Gallo, like uh, like seeing him walk back to the dugout, depressed, <laughs> seeing him in seeing him in the dugout, like like oh uh, like I I really need to be better. And I was like, damn, I'm actually starting to feel bad for this guy because he want like you said, he wants to be good. Like and why he loves the want team. To be good? He loves his, he loves his teammates. And it seems like the teammates love him. So yeah, it's. He's it's good. To, it's good to see. It's good to see Pal Joey playing a little bit better. Yeah. And like and like you said about actually caring and trying. I know I texted you guys. Hicks, I think he signed that seven, that seven year deal. Stupid seven year deal. Seven year seventy mil. Yeah, stupid. I mean, I know it's not that much money, but like that guy shouldn't be making ten mil either. But um, like he's jo- he's walking after balls. Like I think he goes back to the dugout and is just like, haha. You guys, you idiots, really gave me seven years of security. To yeah, sad. Like I don't give a shit. To build off of you saying walking to the ball, um, top of the eighth against I think it was game the first game. No, was it the second? It was the game Judge game. game. No, it was the Judge game. Second game of the Blue Jay series. It that top blew of the, the lead. Hicks jogs to the ball and Vlad scores from first. So, um, how do you let Vladimir Guerrero Jr. score from first base? Like a ball when, that doesn't even reach the wall. When Vlad runs, like he can, he like he looks pretty quick for his size, but like he can't be scoring from first on jogging to a ball. Like that's not allowed. And he should Never. be, he should have been benched for that. He wasn't. But also, like even Hicks, like I nicknamed him seven hundred percent. I think it's a perfect nickname for him because he's always even like like there was actually one swing where I was like, great, here we go, seven hundred percent is up. And Brian texted us. Hicks actually swung the bat and he was like facing the dugout. Like he literally <laughs> yeah. was in the dugout and Brian pointed it out to me. And I like couldn't stop laughing about it. Um, but yeah, that like seeing what Hicks has been doing has made me appreciate Joey Gallo some more. So that's yeah. all I have for that. Yeah, no. And it's just like, when are you going to learn that you're, you can hit home runs? You can't hit it all. Like maybe just stick to trying to walk, like stop trying to swing for the fences. You can't. You should go it. back and play golf. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, he's sick of golf. So he grew up and played golf, and he chose to play baseball. And I really think the Yankees and Aaron Hicks would be better off if he was playing golf. And in, the, in the White Sox series, he had a couple of good at bats. Like today, he walked, and that's today he walked to continue that walk rally that Kopech had. Okay, see, so you so guys like yes, I, I, Brian, you're probably about to say this, but I I text, I know I texted you guys this. Like you, everybody complains about Hicks not getting a day off. He's like the only guy that ha- like doesn't get a day off. But like we moved him down. Him being in the one spot doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, he gets on base and works walks, but that's all he does. In the one spot, you need a guy that also could hit. I like Aaron Hicks in the nine spot because if you could have that guy that can work a walk and turn the lineup over back to the top of the lineup, that's huge. So really, I think if Hicks is playing, it has to be in that nine spot because that's where you really maximize his skill set, which is walking. The only thing he knows how to do at the plate is walk. So I at think least until he can figure spot, it out, hitting right, hitting right. Like if he can't figure it out, that's where he's got to stay. Yes, and it's not even that's not even saying like oh you're you're the worst. You go to the nice spot. Like no, that's a very valuable spot in the lineup. Like you're turning the you're turning the lineup over to DJ, to the ju- to Judge, to Stanton, Rizzo, like all these guys that are responsible for getting the RBIs and scoring the runs. So your job is to get on base, and Hicks does a very good job at that at times. So yeah. him in the nice spot is good. What I was going to say, I agree, Danny. What I was going to say was um, 
the lineup is better with him out of it. So well, not exactly yeah. you're gonna say, not exactly what you're gonna say. I was gonna say <laughs> I, I like Judge and Center, but I did just check. Like according to baseball reference, he does have a 359 on base percentage, which is very good. So in the nine spot, I definitely agree with you. That's a good point. That's where he should be if he plays at all. Yeah, especially like in the nine spot. Um, you know, you're not really supposed to get production from nine spots. So to have that turnover, like Danny said, is obviously awesome. And with the production that we've gotten from Higashioka and um Trevino or the lack thereof yeah right exactly um Trevino actually has been I think solid for actually been, I think he's been really good for his role I know you guys know how much I love Trevino um, he can't hit for anything either though like at all but he, he but can't he, hit he, but he's good he's yes. had a lot of so, like clutch singles clutch walks come on that's true Trevino can't hit I love Trevino. but he's better I'm more confident in I'm more confident in him stealing strikes behind the plate than I am oh yeah Higgy. it's yeah there's no debate Chirino has been nothing short of perfect behind the plate this year. Higgy's been, I don't know the exact numbers, but he hasn't been like Higashioka, what we expected for him from him. But Chirino, it's like night and day watching those two catch. Yep. I mean, yeah, like I was going to say, and this probably will take us into the next little thing here, um, but Trevino is good for his role, like you said. But the Yankees now, like we know this offense is good enough, and especially the pitching staff where – to be a championships team, you don't need Judge and Stanton one through nine. Like you don't need these crazy offensive production one through nine. You're like I'm. I'd honestly rather have an elite defensive catcher back there if Trevino can be that or whoever, or if Higgy can come back. I'd rather have that than trying to worry about their hitting. Just like sure up the team as a whole. With that being said, we need a shortstop that can play defense, and I think that <laughs> that's we're going to talk about IKF right now. If you guys, do. yeah. Let's do that. Let's do Very that. Very up and down opinions on Isaiah Kiner Falefa because he has come up clutch and has had some big hits and big walks. Big like, hit last night. Big really hit, big hit last night. And then he ruined it. And I ruined he, it. <laughs> and then what are you doing? It. What are we doing? All right. For those that didn't see, paint the picture. oh my God, paint it just makes me picture. so angry. Paint the picture. It makes me so angry. Oh, who was it? Yeah, Gallo on first, right? It was Gallo on first. Oh, Isaiah kind of fleffa, a great at bat, pushing the ball the other way over the first baseman's head for a single. Great job in that situation. Yeah, let's That's go, your I job. Can. Okay. That's your job it. in the ninth yeah. inning. That's your job at the bottom of the lineup. You get on base, you push that ball the other way, and you get that ball in the outfield. Joey Gallo goes to third, first and third. The next batter, Isaiah kind of fleffa steals second base. Steals a Let's bad. go, Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Let's go. You're the man, dude. You are the man. You're the man. Just don't do the anything man. stupid. Don't do and anything it, stupid. Don't like really. Like, there's no way he's gonna do something stupid to fuck up everything good he just did, right? The next <laughs> so the ball is hitting the air. Higgy hits his, hits the ball to left field. Great it's job by Higgy, by the way. Great job, Higgy. Great job by Higgy. The ball in Coming the air, through. my guy. To left field. So mind you, when you're on second base, as Isaiah kind of was, that play is in front of you. You're seeing that play in front of you. Gallo scores easily. Isaiah kind of thinks it's a great idea to try to get to third. They right to the cutoff man, easy out at their base, two outs now. And that instead Ooh. of having the go ahead run in scoring position with one out for the top of the lineup, it's now two outs and nobody on. And that is why we ended up losing the game in the next inning. That's my, explosion. That's my explosion sound guys. That's my explosion sound for ruining last night's rally. <laughs> ruining it. It's I like he it. does something good. He does something good. He does good. And we're like, oh, wow, this is the IKF we, we wanted. This is the IKF we knew was going to be here. Then he just does something boneheaded to fuck it up. And everybody's like, and everybody said, he said after the game that, yeah, it was a boneheaded play. Like, I know that I'll learn from it and won't happen again. 
once is too many. Everybody's like, oh, we definitely appreciate the accountability. Like, no shit, it was a boneheaded play. What is he supposed to do? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I thought that was a great play by me, like ruining the Yankees rally. Like, no, that's something you you don't learn from that. That's something you should know Yeah. in Little League. You know that you're watching that play in front of you. You know when to go and, and when to not. I, so it won't happen again. It doesn't matter. You lost us a game already. Once is too much. I don't know if – I don't know. I, I think you did mention this, Danny, but it would have turned the lineup up to DJ – Judge and Rizzo, obviously the top of the order. So it would have been top of the order, one out. This is almost reminiscent of the wild card game when Gallo made that mistake. Um, oh no, not Gallo. Um, when Phil Nevin sent yes. um, Judge rounding third. It's just like you ruin a rally in like the biggest moment of the game. Like, what are we doing? Like, how does yeah, how top does, of the ninth inning? How how does that happen? Like, as soon as that ball from Higgy's up in the air, we're all excited. Like, let's go. Tie game. Like, now let's take the lead. And then as soon as you see him get thrown out, like, the whole mood shifted. And I was like, oh, now I don't know if we're going to win this game. It was terrible. Um, that was one of the dumbest plays I've seen ever. And Danny – Chase, I think I said, the, like, those exact words to you today that Danny just said, how everybody's, like, praising him for his accountability. I don't give a fuck. Don't, do, don't make the play. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that was – yeah. Look, and- if it worked out, it would have been awesome. But you it don't didn't. take the risk either way. Don't take no, the risk. It, 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 there's no world. The only way that that works out is if the left fielder is throwing home. The left fielder was like three quarters of the way in the outfield. No outfielder is throwing home on that because there's no chance at getting the out at home. Everybody is hitting the cut. So Isaiah Connor falefa what are you doing? Yeah. And he needs I, to be the better. Last thing, sorry. The last thing I don't want to harp on the negatives, like we said, going into this because they've been great and I don't want to be that like Debbie Downer. And we're getting greedy because as we all, like me and Chase talked about this today, like we're getting greedy because like nitpicking on how good this team is. But one thing that really worries me about IKF, especially is how bad his glove is because I'm just thinking ahead to the playoffs. You can't have a guy at short that can't play it in a situation like that. Like he could easily make an error to lose the Yankee season. So I think something needs to be done about that eventually. That's all I can say about but it. But the problem is though is is the other night when Cole was on the mound, Garrett Cole was on the mound, and IKF made that error. Um, Cole got out of it, but he, it forced him to throw 30 pitches in the first inning, right? So Cole works his pitch count. He's getting tired, but he got out of it because, you know, that's just what Cole does. He's a beast. He finds a way to get out of it, right? Then later on in the game, IKF also makes another error. Um, that didn't count as on an error. First. That didn't count as an error. I think it was White's a Tim Anderson the- ground ball, right? Yeah, the White Sox scoreboard, like the the scoring guy, whatever that does the errors, is so bad. There were it's like a funny few errors in that game. Michael, Michael K, was yeah, Michael Michael K was pissed because he he literally said, he said if Tim Anderson has, I think it was eight errors on the year. If Tim Anderson has eight errors on the year, how many errors does he really have with the, way the scoring has gone to, gone this gone this yeah. year? Yeah, because um, I no, because Tim Anderson made a bad throw for an error. And that's like, and he's like, oh, that's his 10th error. He looks at the score sheet and he's like, that's not an error. In what fucking world is that not an E6? And it's again, like he probably has like 20 errors on this season at that point. And, and that error led to very next batter. I think it was Gavin Sheets, two run homer off of Garrett Cole. And that's three earned for Cole. So Cole had the one earned run off of his block, which was a mistake on his part. Um, But after that, you know, the two earned runs and, like you said, Brian, that cannot happen in the playoffs. If that happens in the playoffs, it's like a death sentence, you know? Mm-hmm. That can't happen. So that needs to be figured out. I think a short-term solution, um, obviously obviously, you can keep playing IKF there, which I think will be the solution. But a short-term solution, like you just said, Brian, Marwin Gonzalez, why can't he play short? He's so he's smooth out there. So, so smooth, smooth out there. He's, he's a good defender. He's a good contact hitter. He puts the ball in play. Switch hitter could work. Could work. 
And I can't like after his early struggles, he had that stretch for like a week or two, week and a half, two weeks where he was good. He was good on defense. He was making every play on defense. He was good at the plate. He was having good at bats, but then all of a sudden it just flips again. Like you can't have that inconsistency. We know that's in him though. Like, like we know that good play is in him because yeah, but it has he to be showed consistent. it. But it has to be consistent. But it's not even about the flashy play. Like you always, like you always say, like oh, he could make that play running in the hole and jump throw, whatever. Like no, it's the routine plays you have to make. It's the teams that make the routine plays, and the Yankees' defense has been a lot better this year, and that's part of the reason why they are so good. But really, I don't care. If, I don't care if he can make this full laying out play every time. Like no, it, you have to make the routine plays nine. 0.9 out of 10 times like yeah you're allowed to make a couple errors but when we stop when we traded for you to be a defensive shortstop and a defensive present on this presence on this team you got to make the routine plays right you have to that's really short was, it's premium position that's what i was saying like going back to the catcher thing where like the offense is good enough we don't need a crazy one through nine we need other things to be short up and ICAF was supposed to be that elite fielder that you don't have to worry about over there and if he hits he hits but he's not that he's the opposite of that so, right, let me so ask why you not this. play Marwin? <laughs> let me I ask you this. We were in the offseason, we were like, the Yankees better not sign. We will hate if the Yankees sign Andrelton Simmons. I said that. He'd be better. He hasn't played. I think he's been hurt all year, but I'm just saying, like, you would never have to worry about him. I know that for a fact. It's short. And he wouldn't hit yeah. for anything, but the Yankees might be better. But I, I gonna... still think IKF would have been a better option. I still think so. Having, I honestly having think so. Having Andrelton Simmons in the bottom of the lineup hitting, like, 100 200 behind gallo higgy it would or, or it wouldn't it wouldn't have voted well yeah so. no yeah no i definitely still think i can but it still poses the question like it does pose the question like would you rather that shirt up defense at shortstop or for a little less offense or you know like ikf could provide some clutch offense like he's shown it he could slap the ball the other he way does have the clutch hit. gene i'll give him that he does yeah. have the clutch gene he, he has yeah, except, when he, except when he runs into outs oh god yeah. i don't want to i don't want to go negative though like they're great they're the Yankees are great. The best team in baseball. Positive. I, I no, and they haven't lost many, but the ones they have lost have been just absolutely heartbreaking. I don't want to damp, dampen the mood, but I do want to be a little bit more negative before we sign off. Oh, here. no. We have a little bit of time. Let, I want to talk about Loisaga and Aroldis Chapman. Um, we can do this quick. Man, okay. Um, the other night on the first game of the series against the White Sox, Loisaga gave up a home run, big home run to tie the game against Yon Moncada. Guys, let's make this quick. Are you worried about Loisga? Yes. A little bit, yeah. Yes. I am I am very worried about Loisga. He has he doesn't have his stuff this year to really, you know, make him that elite pitcher that he was last year. So if he can't get back to that, he is gonna have to be forced into a role where he's not allowed to pitch into big game situations. So that'll force Mike, I think that'll force Mike King into his role. Mm. Or at least his role from last year. Yeah, see, like. I, you guys know, I was always a huge Jonathan Loisica guy. Like at the, at the back half of last season, Jonathan Loisica and Clay Holmes were my two favorite Yankees. Obviously, Clay Holmes is still up there, but that home run to Moncada was Jonathan Loisica's third home run allowed this season. That now ties what he gave up all of last season. So definitely a little worrisome. He does not have that great stuff that we're used to seeing from him. He's not locating. He doesn't have control. He's just leaving those pitches over the middle. And he's getting hit. He's getting hit. And it sucks to see. Yeah, it's sad because – go ahead, Brian. Uh, no, you go first because I had to it, – It's sad because Loisaga last year was definitely our best bullpen arm. And he – him not being reliable this year, he, he was, you know, climbing the charts, being one of my favorite players on the Yankees. And 
him not being reliable this year um, is yeah. really concerning to me. And I just want, I just want good old Johnny back, man. You could look at the, the like core stats, like ERA is a 5.93 ERA. Like you could see that's terrible, but even the advanced stats, like his baseball savant page is gross. Like he's the first, he's in the first percentile for expected ERA. So that's the worst. That's the worst <laughs> in baseball. That's as bad as it gets. That's the worst. <laughs> Fourth percentile in hard hit percentage. So he's getting hit hard. Like we said, it's just all of these that numbers are bad. I'm not going to read through all of them, but they're, they're all bad except for velocity. Take he's still getting some swing and miss. He is still getting some swing and miss, which shows like his stuff could be there at times, but it's just the location. He's not getting good location on it. Take the floor, Brian. What were you going to say about Loisaga? Uh, no, it's like, it is, it's upsetting. Cause uh, we've seen him, like he was like Danny said, the back half so incredibly dominant last year. And like, I feel like he goes in in a tight game. You're like, okay, like we're either we win or the score is going to stay the same. Like you never, I never worried about him last year. And now it's kind of an adventure when he gets to the mound, which is something new. Um, but if we want to transition quick, something that's not new is all the shot I mean, not being able to find the strike zone ever. And that can Talk be an issue in the playoffs right? too. Uh, it's like, I can't, I, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's you never know. He doesn't even know where the ball's going. Oh. We shouted out Matt Blake earlier in this episode. Matt Blake, shout out to you. You've completely turned down the whole pitching staff. Why haven't we been able to figure out uh, Aroldis Chapman, who has historically been one of the best closers in baseball? And why haven't we figured out Loisaga? Like, there's time on Loisaga, but Chapman has been like this for a few years now where he's pretty inconsistent. Chapman, um, I'm very worried about. I'm very worried about Chapman. You can look at his numbers. Um, I don't know what his ERA is right now, but going into last night before he blew the save, it was it was zero. But that's because he had he had gotten bailed out a couple times by Mike King. Um, I'm very worried about Chapman. I think he's very, very, very close to losing his closer role. And even Aaron Boone said today or yesterday that there is no set closer anymore. So he might. Who knows? He, you might see start seeing him in the seventh or eighth inning now, so we'll see. And I like that. And one thing Boone has been so much better with this year is when Chapman looks like you could tell really quickly with Chapman if he doesn't have it. And Boone's been so good with getting guys up right away, although he didn't do that yesterday for some reason. But um, you could tell that Chapman's just – his control is just not there. The stuff might be there, but the control's not there. And I would just – I think I speak for all Yankee fans when we say we are very worried when he's in a game, like in yeah. a close game like that. Um, and that's the just fake stat of his ERA too. And shout out, shout out to the Yes Network too because they broke it down last night in the post game. Um, shout out Jack Curry. Wait. And um, <laughs> you're right, Danny. So Nestor. Cor- All right. Well, shout out Jack Curry, right? So shout out Jack. Nestor Curry. Cortez just got canceled on Twitter and he deactivated his Twitter account. What? We're missing something that- on Twitter. Was I think old thing- tweets might have came up. It was that tweet that I found today, maybe. How does let's, my let's not, read, let's not read it? We don't want to read that in the pod. Um, I already did. But all right, Nestor Cortez is a little a little Twitter scandalous right now. He deactivated his Twitter after shutting down the White Sox. I want to talk about Chapman, but I was I saw got a notification on Twitter that Nestor Cortez is getting getting canceled. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, I do want to finish my point on Chapman. Um, um Last night, Jack Curry broke it down. Michael K, I think Michael K broke it down too. He threw six straight fastball, or not six straight, but he threw six fastballs in the zone, all for strikes. Chapman when he first came in. Tim Anderson gets on with a single. 
and then Tim Anderson dancing on the on the bases, um, distracting. Obviously, Chapman was very, very, very bothered by it. And following that, Chapman threw six more fastballs. All of them were out of the zone. We can't be worried. I know Tim Anderson is one of the best base dealers in the game, but we cannot be worried about that. You have to worry about the guy that's at the plate. If he steals a base, leave it in the hands of the catcher. If he steals a base, he steals a base. You're the one that let him on. Am I right or am I wrong? You're 100% yeah. right. I, I, he's totally not the dominant guy he was. As a closer, you don't worry about the base runners. That's not your job. Your job is to get out. But he has a 1.54 ERA. You think that's good. You'd be like, oh, he's elite. Stat. What are you talking a, about? Like, literally, I, this was before what, what his ERA going into last night was like 0.79. And my uncle was actually over and he, he's a Mets fan. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. And he sees Chapman's ERA and he's like, oh, all the Yankee fans were shitting on Chapman, not wanting him to be the closer. And look at him. He's lights out. And I'm like, dude, that's a fake stat. You just got fooled by the fake stat of ERA because he has gotten his ass saved by Michael King. He's walked in a winning run that, you know, ghost runner doesn't count as his run, but you know, whatever. And he just hasn't been able to find the strike zone. That one, talk about the Blue Jays, the second Blue Jays game where we won 5 3. Going into the ninth inning, we were up 5 2. He let up a run. And with a runner on first, Bo Bichette hit a bomb that just went foul. So that really, really should have been a tie game that he yeah. blew. But luckily, luckily, like that seems to what he's been doing. He's just been getting lucky. But eventually, luck runs out. And one thing that drives me insane about it is in most, most of his blown saves, the team didn't earn them. They're not hits. He's letting guys on base and then getting yeah. flustered by it. And the last thing I'll say about it is in the last, in the past, or you know what, since Chapman's whole tenure as a Yankee, I feel like our season has ended with him on the mound too much and I can't deal with it again. Something's got to change. I wonder if they'll be active because their bullpen is so crazy. I wonder if they'll be active in the trade market. I would love to see Clay Holmes take that role. But I also love Clay Holmes in that seventh, eighth inning role to get you out of trouble. With, I mean, he's literally a double play machine. Like, if you need a double play, he will get you the double play. He's done it all year. He did it all last year. So I don't want to take him out of that role. Johnny Loisga looked like he was primed for that role. He's not ready for the role. Obviously, we spoke about him before. So who does that leave? Who does that leave to be the closer? Can't be Mike King. You know, Clay Holmes, it's got to be Clay Holmes. So I, I wonder, won't... I wonder if they'll be active in the trade market to get one more arm. I don't know though, but that's all I got for everything that we had today. Do you guys have anything else that you want to say? Um, just really quickly. I wanted to say how Donaldson, did you guys talk about the Heineman thing with Donaldson? No, but that was hilarious. That was Donaldson was got, got into a little argument with the Blue Jays catcher. Um, and after the game, they, the reporters were asking if there was any prior beef with him or prior thing. And he was like, I have no idea who that guy is. I've never heard of his name in his life. I've never heard of him. Just again, like, with the attitude, the swagger, the, they were like, what'd you, they were like, we heard you guys had a little bit of a conversation there at the plate. What'd you guys talk about? Baseball. Baseball. <laughs> he says baseball on the reporter. Yeah. So funny. I, and then, you yeah, know, throw him under, like, I don't know who that guy is. Like, he's irrelevant. Donaldson's bat's been getting going a little more, so mm -hmm. it's it'll be – I don't know how anyone can have anything bad to say about Donaldson yeah. if he really does keep up the hitting that he's been ha that he's had over this last White Sox series. Yep. All right, but again, Leslie, a four-game four series in Baltimore. We got to win that, and then again, Chicago again. What do you guys – what do you guys got for the Baltimore series? We're sweeping. Sweep? sweep? We better sweep. Let's do it. Let's get a sweep. Let's get that record up. What are we, 20, 25 and nine now? 
25 and 9, plus 69 run differential, best record in baseball, only team without double digit losses. Let's go, Yanks. Let's get that to 29 and 9. And hopefully by the next time we talk, who knows? Maybe we'll still have single digit losses. Imagine that'd be crazy. <laughs> that would be insane. I would love to see them get to 30 and 9. Obviously, it's so difficult, but yeah. I with the way they played, they can do it. Let's go, Yanks, boys. Um, this has been Chase. I am signing off. Brian, I'm out. Yeah, Daniel, sign off too. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at official STN pod and on Instagram at spread of the news. And we will see you guys. Like and subscribe week. on YouTube. Like and subscribe on YouTube. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.